0: the tnt shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member
1: at tntradio.live james freeman on today's news talk tnt radio hello and welcome once again to the freeman report my name is james freeman i'm a former member of the european parliament and this is my weekday show where i break down the big issues of our time in our fight for freedom and liberty right here on today's news talk tnt radio It is Monday, the 27th of November, 2023. It is the start of another week, and it is a week that could be the start of something very big. Now, I can't say I don't have reservations about this announcement because I've witnessed many false dawns in terms of uncovering the truth about the harms that the jabs have been doing to people over the past two years. Um, I produced a documentary in early 2022 called UKCV Family, a letter to my MP that has been viewed over a million times now. I then recorded the interview that launched Dr. Asim Mahaltra's crusade across the globe to speak with the medical profession to warn them of the dangers. I've worked with Sir Christopher Chope, to help organise the first meet of his all-party parliamentary group on vaccine damages in the UK Parliament. Um, That meeting was attended by Andrew Bridgen before he started to speak out. I also helped to organise a press conference in London paid for by the World Council for Health to launch the publication of Dr Maholtra's peer-reviewed papers on big pharma and the mRNA jabs. More recently, I've chaired the Perseus group of experts who published a report of how the MHRA failed in its duty to protect the public. On each occasion, I was disappointed that the mainstream media failed to report on what we had revealed. And when I say disappointed, this, of course, is an understatement, because when you see people being harmed and killed, by an experimental pharmaceutical product that people are being bullied and coerced to take, along with the lies being told to convince people to have it. And when some of those people who are buying the lies are the people you love, well, it's not disappointment, but anger, real anger and outrage. But on each occasion, I've had to move on and look forward. Keep calm and carry on, I think, is the way to describe it. And we have learned a lot during the way that there would be no big bang moment that the extent of media capture was total. And although we may have seen what looks like cracks emerge in the reporting more recently, in reality, I believe those occasions when the mainstream press has reported something, it has only been to release a bit of pressure and to keep in control of the narrative. Yes, the jabs have killed people. But it is still very rare, they said. The jabs still save millions of lives, they said. They are still safe and effective, which is what they're still saying. So why am I talking about this all now, I hear you ask? Well, this Thursday, some data will be published from New Zealand that is refutable. The data is based upon record-level data from New Zealand that includes every single person in the country that's right every single person it is the health records of literally every person from the then Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern to shop floor workers it shows how many jabs people have had where they received the jab and on which day and then any health events that occurred after they got the jabs and what it shows is irrefutable evidence of the harms the jabs are doing to people. In one example, dozens of people got the same batch on the same day, and now we learn that all of those people died within a short time frame of each other weeks later, all of them. That is just one example. And from what I've been told The total number of people that there is evidence to suggest that have been killed by the jabs is in the tens of thousands, and this is in a small country like New Zealand. So will this be the evidence we need to break the mainstream press? Well, I doubt you will see it in the papers this week, but it will be hard to ignore if it makes as much noise as I think it will. Um, I've just spoken to somebody from New Zealand, um, um, from the whistleblower and the team that have been working on the data, and um, they've agreed to come on the show and break this on Thursday, um, which is when the data gets published. So once again, I find myself believing that we now have the evidence to show beyond doubt what we have known for a long time, that the jabs are killing people. That these are not rare events that the mainstream press and governments are claiming. So let's see what unfolds later this week. I've got a great lineup of guests for you this week. Tomorrow, I'll be welcoming Kelly Jane Keane, a.k.a. the Posey Parker, to the Freeman Report. On Wednesday, June, Slater will join me for our weekly show together. On Thursday, I will have the whistleblower Um him or herself i'm not going to say um to to reveal this data and tell us what it says um and then on friday i'll be joined by the leaders of a new political party that has launched in oxford um in the uk off the back of the protests against 15 minute cities the party has huge support in oxford And its aim is to get into local government and start working from within to put a stop to the globalist plans to turn our cities into digital prisons. We will also hear from the organisers of a speakers festival, which is going to be held next May, which will feature the likes of Katie Hopkins, Kate Shemarani, Dolores Cahill and a whole host of other um, famous speakers. We'll also hear from the founder of the United Free Press, Kerry Murray, who'll be joining us also later this week. And in a moment, I'll be joined by a comedian who describes herself as the majestic jester and says getting cancelled has been the most liberating thing that has ever happened to me. Samantha Presdy is another example of somebody who was cancelled from the entertainment business after speaking out against trans activists and the damage it's doing to women's rights. So, loads planned for this week so make sure you tune in every day if you want to get in touch then please email me at James freeman. At tnt and as always if you want to join in the conversation ask me a question or just tell me what you think maybe I'm wrong maybe I've got it all wrong um join the live chat and tell me so um and if there's any good comments I will read them out my name is James Freeman And this is the Freeman Report for TNT Radio.
0: Connecting the dots. Painting the bigger picture. They always have great conversation. Today's
1: news talk radio, TNT. Good morning, Gemma. Another week. Good
2: morning. Yes, another week stretches ahead of us, yes. But some wonderful things that you've got coming up in the show there. I saw that story about the new political party that's uh, formed in Oxford as a, as a reaction to you know the plans for 15-minute cities and all of that. And uh, it does fill my heart with joy when I see many, many more people now pushing back against the system, taking the power into their own hands. And it's really encouraging there that you say they've got a huge amount of support uh, within the city. It'd be interesting to see if they manage to change the political landscape and get some of the power. Really looking forward to hearing what they've got to say
1: yeah and they're being realistic because obviously we've got a a general election next year but they're not talking I mean I'm sure they're going to stand in that and they'll tell us that on Friday but what they're actually talking about is the next council elections when they come up because what they want to do is get in there locally in Oxford and start changing things um, from within and I think they stand a good chance given what's going on in the city
2: yeah, I think they probably do. I mean, I went to the Oxford protest uh, against the, the traffic restrictions. And uh, our great friend Sandy Adams, she's a friend of TNT. She's been on TNT and she's done all that research into Agenda 21 and Agenda 2030. Uh, and she and other researchers say the best way to affect change in politics is to get involved at a local level. That's when you can have the yeah. most Influence, so all power to them. Brilliant. I'm really interested in hearing what they've got to say, and there's lots of them as well. And all the photos, they they, they're all going together, and they look really happy. Like they've got they've got real fire in their belly. So that kind of passion and excitement for it will, you know, garner a lot of energy as well. So brilliant. All power to them. Absolutely great. People power. That's what we need.
1: Yeah, exactly. And this is how you get in to Westminster as well, because. You know, um, all these political parties—whether it's Labour, Conservative, the ones, the big parties in Westminster—they've all got a whole host of foot troops on the ground. They are the local councillors, um, and of course, you know, they basically—they're there to walk around, giving out leaflets, spreading the word. Um, which makes it very, very difficult for new parties to break through because you do need that 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 army of people on the ground. So they're definitely doing it the right way around. Right, Gemma, what story have you got for us today?
2: Well, I, I, this story's popped up and it's uh, it's really an illustration of how the world is, is, is going this way. There are so many different agendas that are being thrust upon us without our consent, and the woke agenda is definitely one of them. So there's a couple of thought themes to this one, but it's been announced today that one of the UK's biggest and wealthiest charities is changing its entire board of trustees. It's a very successful organisation, but it's going to change its entire board of trustees, which is basically the operating system behind the charity, as part of an anti-racism drive and going down the woke agenda. Uh, It's called the Tudor Trust. Uh, and it's a huge charity. It's got 288 million pounds worth of assets. It gives away 20 million pounds a year to different organisations as charitable grants. And it was funded in 1955 uh, by the the founder of the Wimpy Homes group. So you know, huge amount of money into this. It was George Wimpy, founder of Wimpy Homes, and many of George Wimpy's descendants have been on the board of trustees ever since. And this 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 charity is working put it wonderfully well. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, but no, no, it's coming in since Black Lives Matter. They say they've been looking at themselves internally for three years now, and they're going to um, sack most of the board of trustees. They're going to sack them for being white and being privileged, allegedly, and bringing three to four new trustees and a new chairman, all at con- some considerable cost, £18,000 a year for five days' work. Um, Inspired by Black Lives Matter, Uh, they want to be anti-racist, but it does rather beg the question if you're sacking somebody purely for being white, not because they can't do the job or haven't done a good job, they evidently have, is that not racist in itself? Uh, But it also comes today, there's some headlines about the BBC, obviously funded by the British people. They've come under fire for spending £600,000 on 15 different staff positions solely focused on diversity and inclusion so it's not just the charity it's big organizations all going this way uh, and it's our money in the case of the BBC but in the case of the Tudor Trust I think it's probably going to be setting a trend for lots of other charities with boards of trustees will probably have a look at this and think well we should follow suit really and probably getting rid of very capable people for no other reason than they want to Virtual signal and and fit this agenda. So one to watch, I think. I don't. I think one one once one domino falls with a big organisation to get brownie points, there will be others that think, well, we'd better do the same. And it's a shame if you've been doing a good job as a trustee and you're suddenly got rid of because you don't fit the fashion.
1: Yeah. Now, Gemma, did they um, mention Black Lives Matter? There's this, this um, um, Tudor Trust. Did they actually mention them specifically?
2: Yeah. Since the, since the um, Black Lives Matter demonstrations, they felt it they should take a good, long look at themselves and their words were, we wanted to um, reimagine our future, reimagine the trust and our future. That's how they, they said it was inspired by Black Lives Matter.
1: Well, hopefully they're not going to start stealing money and laundering it then, because that's what the Black Lives Matter um, leaders have done. Um yeah so unfortunate um that they they mentioned that organization. Um look, um I think if you're a charity, you're a big organization which is supposed to be reaching out to the whole country then I don't think there's anything wrong per se of being reflecting what society is. I do have a problem with this kind of manufactured um, way of doing it though where you know you like have um, positive lists for example all women short lists and all that I don't think that's the way to go forward um, seems a bit ridiculous to have a big announcement as well especially ma- mentioning Black Lives Matter um, hardly an organization or a, or a, a movement um, that really you would want to quote um, as part of your reorganization but it seems a bit extreme Um, sacking everybody and and replacing them it would have been much better surely just to do this quietly behind the scenes wouldn't it and just let natural sort of um, the natural churn of people coming in and out and to do it that way Um, yeah PC gone mad again I think um, this doesn't reflect well I don't think on the charity from I mean, I haven't read the story myself, Gemma, but at face value, it seems um, all a bit of a reaction and a reaction in the wrong way in terms of popular culture at the moment, because there is very much a pushback, I think, not just in the UK, but across across Western countries now against this PCism, against this kind of, you know, you will think this. Um, we will tell you how to think and we'll tell you what you're not allowed to say as well. Um, It does feel a little bit like it's kind of all enveloped up in that. So a little bit unfortunate, really. They really need a a media advisor. Maybe they, Gemma, maybe you should put them in touch with me.
2: (laughs) Maybe, maybe. But uh, it also begs the question, you know, if this organisation was set up by George Wimpey, who decided to put his money in and then his descendants were on the board of trustees doing a perfectly fine job. What is wrong with that? why why if there's, yeah. a, there's a good argument here if, it's, if it ain't broke don't fix it it's a very successful organization it makes all of these grants every year there was actually really nothing wrong with it really you know it, it's coming in and like change for changes sake change for an agenda's sake yeah. um costing costing money because it will cost money to do this it doesn't you know but once one does it we'll all do it and if we're not careful that's why we need these people in oxford you know like to stand up against it and go no we're not gonna have what you want we're gonna just do what we want and see what support we get. And and yes, standing up to this kind of ludicrous agenda here, agenda there, agenda's everywhere, aren't there? We need to stand up against them. That's what I think. That's my opinion.
1: Yeah, of course. And if you had a board of trustees that were all um, from ethnic minorities, I bet you wouldn't see calls um, for them to include more white people. So there's that. But also I do have a problem with these big charities that you know, I used to fundraise in a call center many, many years ago for, for some of the big charities. And, um, you know, the amount of money that they spend on marketing, on on CEOs, for example, that get helicoptered into lots of events and flown around the world. Um, yeah, I'm not a big fan of charities, to be honest with you. Um, not these types of charities, big charities. Um, I'm sure that they were founded for the right reasons. And maybe they, this one does some good work. I don't know. But, you know, the big charities, the Oxfams and all of this, not a big fan, to be honest with you. Right. Anyway, great story. Gemma, look forward to speaking with you um, tomorrow when we've got um, Kelly Jane King on, on the show, a.k.a. the Posey Parker. Really looking forward to that. So speak to you again tomorrow, Gemma and to the rest of you. Don't go anywhere because we're going to speak on that theme this week for today and tomorrow of trans activists attacking women and eroding women's rights. Today, I've got Samantha Dresdy. Um, Tomorrow, as I've said, I've got the Posey Parker. So don't go anywhere. Stay tuned with me, James Freeman on TNT Radio. Jeremy Nell on TNT Radio. Being South African, I know the situation, and it's incredibly
0: dire. Basically, our farmers, mostly white, have been under attack for years and years and years. And when I say attack, I mean that physically, don't I?
1: Yes. um, Since the dawn of democracy in South Africa, since 1994, we had an average of uh, one farm attack every second day. Um, So it averaged around uh, 175 to 190 farm attacks every year. And we had a farm murder on average every fifth day. Um, But over the last few months, both those numbers have picked up. Murders in other sectors of society are not accompanied by the same levels of brutality and torture as you will find in farm murders.
0: Jeremy Nell on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Affordable housing, we can build that. Sustainable housing, we can build that. At MIT Modular, we understand the importance of housing for all and the importance of design, cost and functionality. Our goal is to meet the needs of our growing population by converting shipping containers to livable units. If you're like-minded and in a position to invest in something meaningful and life-changing, we want to hear from you. We are a team of professional architects, engineers, and financial and tax experts dedicated to offering unique solutions that provide a brighter future. Our Opportunity Zone Fund offers investors both real estate and operating business diversification five-year tax deferral on capital gains, annual tax benefits, and ultimately tax-free appreciation potential. There are Opportunity Zones all over America. If you're interested in learning more about our services, need affordable housing, or want to participate in creating a new vision for tomorrow, give us a call in the U.S. on 385-985-5702. Or read more at MITModular.com. MIT Modular. We can build that. Are we on the air am i on the air you're on the air on the air 24 7 your news talk giant ent
1: yes and we are very much on the air and um i'm a little bit miffed to be honest with you i'm looking at the live chat this morning and anto says um it's that neck scarf um not a good look what's this about well you're all giving me grief are you for wearing a next scar there is a whole discussion here which i'll i'll look at later but anyway i digress um i'm delighted um today and tomorrow we're going to be talking um about trans activism we're going to be talking about the effect that it's had on women's rights and we'll be talking to two fantastic ladies who are pushing back against this obviously i've spoken about the fact that i've got kelly j keen on the show tomorrow but today i've got the fantastic samantha Dresdy. hello samantha how are you doing Hello, James. I'm very well. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. We, um, TNT Radio launched, um, I mean, we're still called, we're still very much a radio station. You can still listen to us in the car, but we launched video last week. So if everyone can see my terrible neck scarf now. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we're video now, which is fantastic. So yeah, I'm really good. TNT is going from strength to strength. Now, Samantha, before we start talking about, um, you know, trans activism and all that um, I do like to learn a little bit about um my guest so why don't you just um spend five minutes just tell us a little bit about yourself uh, uh getting my words in a twist tell us a little bit about um yourself um how you got into comedy um what kind of things you do and I believe you also write and you're a performer as well so tell us something about yourself Samantha
3: okay well I decided that I wanted to be a comedian um when I was up at the Edinburgh Fringe doing a play as an actress I was an actress um always been in the arts world and then 2013, I saw some comedians and I'm like, wow, this is so cool. This is like a platform for the truth. I want to do this. I want to tell my stories. So I became a comedian. Um, I, I've i got truth tattooed on my wrist. It's one of my highest values. And that was my objective. And I did a lot of activism around mental health, social housing. And then it was about 2017 that the... the um, The push to change the laws about gender identity were coming through and Mm -hmm. a lot of women wanted to have debates about this because they're like, hang on a minute, if you equate gender with sex, that could mean that we're going to lose our spaces, like important spaces like rape crisis centres females having um, a safe space in a medical facility or a prison. So they were trying to organise debates about this. And they were just getting violently shut down by these authoritarian trans rights activists. And, you know, a a lot of people on first glance, they're going to be like, oh, trans rights, of course. Yes, we want people to have rights. We want people to feel safe and comfortable. But it soon became apparent that it, it was not just about trans people having rights, which they already have the same rights as everyone else. It was encroaching on women's rights, gay rights, um, child safeguarding was becoming an issue. So this is something that I've always felt passionate about. I've always been kind of mildly vocal about it on social media, but then this year I put it in an article And I just got such a backlash. It was crazy, like, how many people just jumped onto me for simply saying that women need single-sex spaces and, you know, we should be careful about what changes we're making to the law. Um, And my show got cancelled. So I haven't been doing comedy. Um, The last time I did comedy was was in February this year. Comedy Unleashed put me on Bless Them
1: (laughs) after I got (laughs)
3: cancelled.
1: Wow, okay. So you've you've actually been cuz you know, for most of us, I think we've only really started to become aware of the trans issue really. I mean, for me, it's probably this year. Um I was aware of it before, but I wasn't aware of how damaging it was to to women's rights. And I certainly had started talking to people about it. I'm very very much preoccupied by big pharma and all the other things that we've seen yeah. um over the last 3 years, but you've been sort of aware of this and sort of talking about this since 2017
3: yeah i formed my opinion in 2017 that i did not think that self-id as law would be a good idea basically because it's wide open to exploitation and then i think this last year people are starting to really see the effects of that with men being put in women's prisons some of them Blatantly men with no gender dysphoria, but they're just playing the system to have a cushier life or get access to vulnerable women who they can then hurt in prison. So I think with the Nicola Surgeon thing this year and the men in women's prisons and the men in women's sports, it's just becoming more visible where this ideology has taken us over the last six years.
1: Yeah, it is, it is very, very worrying. And of course, you know, as well as women's rights, we're talking, um, I'm a parent, I've got two children um, of 10 and 14. Um, so for parents as well, it's quite worrying that they're, this is encroaching into schools now, even um, primary schools. So um, that's kind of, I guess, how I sort of become aware of it. But I'm very much aware of the wider issues now for women's sport and, and all the other issues. Right, Samantha, we're going to take a quick break now for the news headlines. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the whole area of trans activism. Because I think, I don't know about you, but I think it's important to distinguish between trans people and trans activists. Because I think there are a lot of people in the community that are genuinely, um, you know, uh, trans people. They're actually quite angry um, about these trans activists because they are very much um, in your face. They're trying to uh, encroach on women's spaces, women's sport. It's going into schools. And I'm not sure everybody in that community really agrees with the the ideology that people are pushing. So we'll talk all about that after this short break. So don't go anywhere. Stick with me, James Freeman on TNT Radio. Well, what's the news? TNT Radio News. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. A senior official in Ukraine has revealed then UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson stopped Kyiv from reaching a peace deal with Russia last year. Terrorists with dual Australian citizenship could be stripped of their citizenship status under new laws set to be introduced to Parliament later this week. And more than 100 climate protesters have been arrested and charged in Australia following a 30-hour long demonstration which seen protesters block a major seaport on air and on the app i listen
2: on
0: the app stay up to date around the clock i listen therefore i know today's news talk radio tnt
1: right so samantha as you said you've been in comedy for many years but you haven't done any since february tell us what happened to you when you realized there was a problem
3: um so I'd written this article that was basically a critique of the comedy industry because um, last year at the Edinburgh Fringe, a comedian got cancelled and there was very little pushback. So I was talking about the cowardice in comedy, but also I brought in, alongside the freedom of expression thing, that no one was speaking up about the women's rights issue and... The article was was basically saying I want to leave comedy because it's a hostile environment but the editor changed it to Samantha Presti is leaving comedy because of trans rights he put that as a headline and then he put that out as a tweet and the tweet went viral um and what felt like everybody in the comedy community the the world that I'd been a part of for 9 years it felt like they were all attacking me um It got 1.5 million views, this tweet, and, and all of the backlash that I was getting was just the most horrible, nasty abuse from people who I had considered peers. And some of these were big names, too, like Richard Herring. He said something. He subtweeted something. He didn't have the guts to actually say that he was talking about me. But there was this massive hoo-ha on Twitter. And then within hours, my show was cancelled. And it was some, some queer artists, uh, I believe heterosexual men, um, but calling themselves queer. They, they got my show cancelled by saying to the promoter, hey, we're in the same venue as her at the Leicester Comedy Festival. And we're not going to perform in that venue if you also have that which is not my pronoun (laughs) but they they cancelled my show they're like okay we need to keep people safe like these men might get their feelings hurt so we need to cancel this woman's work and I can take the name calling fine you know I'm a comedian I can be quite on the nose with my speech but to cancel someone's work is scary and we've seen it already with people like J.K. Rowling but this is affecting ordinary people ordinary people are losing their jobs and their livelihoods because of this religious kind of um ideology that if you do not conform to the way that we think um, and see the world and suspend um, objective reality then we are going to make it difficult for you to live a normal life it's evil it really is evil what they're doing to people
1: it certainly is now you say that you've got a, a thick skin i certainly have now after going through brexit and being a brexit party mvp i think that was good mm-hmm. training um actually for this media world that we find ourselves in but how did that feel at that time because that's a hell of a thing isn't it It comes out of nowhere suddenly you've got 1.5 million views um what did that feel like at the time to be attacked like that
3: um to be honest it felt really isolating really devastating traumatizing um there were a couple of people that reached out like um andrew doyle graham linehan um so that that was nice but i i don't live anywhere close to london so i was feeling really alone and isolated and actually to be completely honest it wrecked my mental health because it was just such cognitive dissonance when you believe that people are generally okay and that comedians are doing comedy to speak truth to power and then it turns out to be all these authoritarian bullies that are actually posing as feminists but attacking women it was just it was just so much to comprehend that I ended up I actually ended up being hospitalized due to the stress for two weeks
1: yeah, I mean, that that doesn't surprise me. It can be intense, can't it? And, you know, mm. I've never, I've come under a lot of scrutiny um, online um, from the community, but I've never actually been cancelled because I've always been lucky enough to be with an organisation that actually doesn't, you know, doesn't TNT Radio, for example, it's not the kind of organisation that, that um, pushes um, cancel culture. Um, now, you know, I think things have progressed quite a bit this year. I don't know whether you agree with that, but I think there's an awful lot of people who I think much more people now that are speaking out against what is going on. Have any of the people that originally criticized you? Because people do get caught up in a storm, don't they, sometimes, mm-hmm. and they just jump on the bandwagon. Have any anybody who did criticize you at the time reached out to you and said, actually you know i think maybe i was wrong or or tried to make amends at all
3: no um what did happen is um in a fun twist of fate i got to go to the edinburgh fringe this year as a comedy critic So I was back in that world, but I was um, I was sitting in the darkness of the audience rather than on the stage. And what I found out is that at the time, it felt like the whole industry was against me because there were so many people shouting so loudly at me. But actually, it's just a few people that shout the loudest. And most comedians were like, hey, I'm on your side, but I can't really say anything because, you know, they'll come for me. too. people are scared to lose their livelihoods. And there was only one person. Um, at the Edinburgh Fringe that actually said to me, hey, I don't agree with what you wrote in that article. And I said, okay, so which part of what I wrote don't you agree with? And he couldn't answer me. He couldn't answer me. And then he just kind of played the victim and said that I was bullying him because I wanted to continue the conversation. It was crazy. Um, so I think a lot of people that have fallen into this ideology, it, they're ideologues. So you can't argue with them. They're not open to debate.
1: Yeah, and that's one thing I think we've seen um, with a lot of this, like Bill Bull Chris, for example, what he says, and he's been on the show here as well, is when you actually try and talk about the science, um, the ideology behind this, um, it, it gets closed down very, very quickly with abuse. Um, obviously, names are thrown around like turf um, and, and these kind of names. It does say a lot, doesn't it? I think about the fact that that people are unwilling, these activists are unwilling to actually talk about the science behind it. Perhaps they know actually that there is no science behind it. Um, now we don't have to talk about this, the specifics of this, but I had Louise Distrass on, on the show a couple of weeks ago. She's actually talked about the fact that she's been stalked and actually contacted by someone. Um you know, from the trans community and who's found out where she lived I think you mentioned it while we and like I said tell me if, if you don't want to talk about it that's fine but you did mm-hmm. mention that you've you've had that problem as well, haven't you
3: Yeah, this happened um, a few years ago, and I can see now that it's connected. Um, But I shared an article on my social media, my private social media, about the RAF banning skirts. And this person wrote underneath Get Well Soon to make out that I was crazy because I thought that that it was weird that they were doing that. And I was like, that's not okay. That's gaslighting. And I called him out publicly. It's comedian. comedian, Uh, Not very funny, in my opinion. Um, But he he played... victim and he held on to this for for years and it turned out that he was um his act was cross dressing so he would go on stage and play the part of a working class woman it was deeply misogynistic and his act um but he was calling himself trans with a little t even though he's not Got you under dysphoria. Um, but he just wanted to be, I guess, part of that community. But he stalked me um for years leading up to this. And I thought it was just like one person, one isolated person. But now I can see that there's many people that think like him. And if you don't agree with them and validate them, they hate you for it and they will do anything to not let you have a platform because you're right, they can't win in an argument they can't win this with logic it's all about having a victim mentality and you have to feel sorry for me and you have to enable my delusion or you're going to be hurt and many women many women speaking out about the threat to single sex spaces have have experienced violence at the hands of trans activists or been threatened with it and I think that's easily um Evidenced with with the with the things that we see on social media, the threats and and the horrible language. But yeah, so it, it's I think it's not in, unusual for women that have the guts to speak up about this to attract obsessive obsessive people, um which can be very scary. That this guy would phone up my venues, he would contact critics that may have given me a nice write up, try to turn everybody against me, and. Um, i can see that there's many 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 people like that now it's not just one person and if they're not behaving like that they're enabling it by not saying anything which you know in my opinion is just as bad
1: yeah it is it is quite distinct isn't it within these trans and i i'm going to keep on saying activist community because i think you know um, there are people with genuine gender dysphoria um, and then there are the activists, but it does seem that trans activists seem to be incredibly um, aggressive in their approach, almost like, dare I say it, um, some cults that that I'm aware of um, very much um, go out on the attack and they're very, very um, aggressive um, about it. Um, I guess first, my first question, and I, I think I know what the answer to be, Samantha, you haven't got anything against people with gender dysphoria, have you?
3: No, not at all. I think if you're an adult and you want to live as the opposite gender, then I'm not I'm not going to come at you. Like my issue is with with trans rights activists and potential changes to the law that could endanger women. I've I've performed alongside or shared dressing rooms with many trans people. I don't have a problem with with them i you know i'll call them by the pronouns that they prefer just to be polite but i don't think that there should be laws in place to say that people should call people by the pronouns or or that um changing gender means that you're biologically female and then if that trans woman goes on to Commit a crime; it's recorded as a female crime. I, I feel like we need to keep hold of biological reality, and we all get we all get called names. We all get our feelings hurt, and they are responsible for their own feelings, and they can't like leverage their feelings to try and make changes to the law that are going to be harmful to women, to children, to gay people. But you've got um you you've got trans women going on to lesbian dating sites now and that's that's not okay because lesbians are not attracted to gender whatever that may be to people they're attracted to biological sex they're lesbian because they like biological women I shouldn't even have to say biological women I should just be able to say woman yeah. women and people know what that means but everybody's forgotten what a woman is now
1: yeah and uh, you know I, th- I think it's it, it, it's a good question to ask I I kind of knew what the answer was going to be because I can tell you're a good human being um but you know it's good to state this isn't it we're not against people with gender dysphoria that want to live their life differently um what we're saying is that um you know we cannot reverse um all the progress we've made over the hundreds of hundreds of years in terms of women's rights um to me that whole movement just stinks of misogyny now, um, Samantha, um, this is a question that I don't know the answer to, and I'm sure you don't as well, but you must have thought about it. Where do you think all of this comes from? Because it's curious, isn't it? It's it's just sprung up over the last couple of years. It's not something just confined to the UK, the US. It seems to be going on globally. Um, there are huge, powerful organisations behind this lobbying. Have you kind of given it some consideration on what Where you think this is coming from and why you think it's happening?
3: Um, I think at its core, this ideology is communist in nature. Um, I have my theories about TikTok and the Chinese government because... um, a lot of young people uh, looking at these little TikTok videos and it's taking them down a rabbit hole and hypnotizing them and brainwashing them. So I think social media, um, you yeah, know, social media could be used for good or bad, but we've got to be realistic, like who is behind the algorithms, who's funding them. So I think... Essentially, I think it's people that maybe have a globalized agenda, that want to do away with democracy, that want to have authoritarian states. Uh, we're seeing now how a lot of genderqueer people are turning to Islam. And it's it's really interesting because if you change like some of the things that Islamists will say, take out the Islamist ref- references, they sound like these identity politics, um, progressive types. So essentially, I think it's authoritarian, and it's about getting power, a scary kind of power, even totalitarian, which is even worse. Oh.
1: And I definitely agree with you on that. I think that from the game, you know, we, we don't know the answer, but these are our valid questions. They're the observations we make of the world. And what I see is an attempt to break the social fabric of um, Western democracies, you know, it really is getting in there when you talk about man and woman, that is at the core um, of our society, of our families, of our communities. And putting this in there, it's like a big hand grenade that you put in there, which just blows things apart. It, uh, it unsticks that glue. Um, and the only reason I can I can personally think that the people would want to do that, is because you want to change things in a way that maybe people would resist normally. You need to break up that glue which keeps the community strong together, defending um, the norms which are there. Right, we're going to take a quick break um, now, Samantha. And after the break, um, I did see from your social media um, that you went um, on the march yesterday against anti-Semitism in London. Obviously, it's a huge thing in the media at the moment, what's going on in the Middle East. So we'll talk a little bit about that. I'd like to hear about your views um, about what's going on. So don't go anywhere. Stick with me, James Freeman on TNT Radio.
0: Deweaponizing weather with reality and
4: perspective. The biggest weather news is what is about to happen in Europe. I saw another one of those pictures of Greta Thunberg protesting today. I guess today is like week 300 or something of the climate strike where kids are allowed to be truant and, uh, you know, to protest climate. But she was all bundled up and I was like, well, wait a minute. Looks awfully cold over there. And uh, were there fossil fuels used in the making of those clothes that you have on? But I want to get serious about this. The fact that we are getting such a cold blast that is coming in and this was telegraphed with those big storms and the reason you see what's going on in the weather today is because all the weathermen start screaming and yelling about climate change instead of understanding the same thing happened in 2009 and they went into the deep freeze over there but it's a serious situation you know why well first of all the implications of that is that the united states is going to get very cold now it's cold right now but i'm talking about what could be really cold weather, severe cold, in the month of January. Because there's probably gonna be a lot of snow in the United States during the month of December, especially after the 20th. So what we saw in 2009, 2010 was, Europe got it in 2009 in December, and then the U.S. had their famous snowmageddon. And that occurred later in January and February. It'd be a little bit earlier this year, probably, looking at the overall pattern. But think about this you're going to get that grid in Europe tested now, I mean, especially Germany. Germany looks like ground zero for the worst weather. With most snow, it's going to be a little bit colder relative to averages up where Greta lives. But Germany is going to be in bad shape here in the next 10 to 20 days. But again, then you have to worry about the rest of the winter. You see what I'm saying? So we're going to have some things push, to shove so to speak coming up here over the next couple of weeks and in fact the next couple of months because unlike last winter i don't think this is backing off this year this is tnt climate and weather watchdog meteorologist joe Bustardi asking you to enjoy the weather it's the only weather you've got you are loved you are
0: valued you are resilient You got this. You're there for them. We are here for you. Find free care guides at aarporg
1: guide. The Freeman Report and James Freeman
0: on today's News Talk Radio,
1: TNT. Well, it certainly is the Freeman Report and I am James Freeman and today's guest is Samantha Prestie. Um Samantha, um the media seems to roll in waves at the moment. We've seen that with COVID. Um, Then Ukraine, COVID just disappeared within two weeks. And of course, now Ukraine, nobody knows what's going on there now, because now we've moved Mm. on to the Middle East. Um, I have seen on your ex-account, you went on the march yesterday against anti-Semitism, which I totally support, by the way. Um, But what are your thoughts on the wider, what's going on, I guess, both in the Middle East, but also how it's affecting um, our own democracy and our Um, society back here in the UK? Um,
3: My thoughts are kind of disbelief and shock, kind of how I was surprised that more people wouldn't stand up for women. I'm amazed that more people haven't stood up for Jewish communities. Um, What happened in Israel on October the 7th was the biggest slaughter of Jewish people since the Holocaust. So I was expecting to see massive outpourings of solidarity from the Western world, from
4: comedians,
3: from my peers, from activists. And I was just completely shocked that very few people were standing up and saying, this is wrong, we must condemn these attacks. Worse than that, it seemed that people, the same kind of people that would come after us women for standing up for our rights, they were kind of aligning with Hamas. And they were on the streets within a matter of hours after these attacks, waving Palestine flags, you know, which is fine. If you want to support the Palestinian cause. Great. I get that. I support that. But waving the flag hours after a terrorist attack by the the, the democratically elected Hamas of 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 uh the Gaza Strip. I just thought that was really inappropriate. Um, so it's given me a lot of cognitive dissonance that there's not been more pushback. And like you were saying about this tearing away our democratic foundations, where are the shared values? Where is the moral compass that we in the West have always always followed? Like you, I think back to 9-11 Charlie Hebdo how we would see such solidarity from people from all walks of life including the muslim community but this time it's it's really scary how many people seem to be ignoring what happened on the 7th of october to those innocent people in israel and aligning with the cause of hamas a terrorist organization i'm i'm shocked by that
1: yeah, I mean, I I take the position that, that you know this this conflict there's two truths to this, um, you know it, it is true that is Israelis have been well it's it's, it's absolutely disgusting what has happened um, to Israel and and the attacks by Hamas and the Israeli people have a right to feel um, absolutely disgusted by what's going on that's true right but there's also another truth to this and and I think. I think this is one of the things I think I find with the media is that the media just always tries to present one thing as truth. It's too complicated to say that there's two truths. Um, I know that's not the same with all media outlets, but of course, the other truth is that the Palestinian people have been unfairly treated for, well, decades now. Um, And, you know, the the statistic I always kind of bring up is the fact that 2,300 Palestinian children. Have been shot dead since 2003 by either israeli soldiers or um israeli settlers so that's the thing and i think you know we obviously do have um a lot of um communities in the uk that have traditionally supported the they're the same religion they've supported um the palestine case now the approach that i've taken samantha all the way along is not to take sides you know you Mm -hmm. we, we shouldn't be taking sides and this is the thing that's really worried me is the fact that the danger of this conflict coming from the middle east and presenting itself on um, on um, on our streets in london and other places um around the country do you think do you worry about that at all
3: um yeah i didn't i haven't until recently um just seeing how the last few weekends, um, how some radicals have been calling for the death of Jewish people and that the police have maybe not dealt with that as well as they could have. Um, I agree with what Suella Braverman said, that it, it's a hate march. Um, and I'm sure there are people on that march that, that wouldn't, you know, do the chanting from the river to the sea, that can be very offensive to, to Jewish people. But um, I, I think, you know, that it's, it's good not to take sides, but also that there doesn't seem to be a way to have a compassionate, gentle conversation about this. You've got people screaming things that are terrifying um, for, for the Jewish community mostly at the moment, but also for people that believe in, freedom and human rights and and compassion and yes of course the right to assembly is important um but when is it when is it going too far when when is assembly becoming uh, a nuisance like you know seeing people climbing on war memorials and things like that around remembrance day that that's not very nice that's not good
1: yeah exactly and i was just that was i was going to move on to next this we seem to have be presenting um from the right and the left these contrasting um facts at the moment. And one of them, obviously, yesterday we saw the march against anti-Semitism. And we saw Tommy Robinson um there. He was warned in the CAF, um, well, he was actually warned not to go to London by the police in the first place, um, uh, which I find Quite incredible, really, because he wasn't calling for trouble. I've got my own opinions of Tommy Robinson. I'm not a fan of his. I think he's an agitator who causes trouble. But you know, he is um, a, a UK citizen. I don't think that he should be should have been prevented from being in that space. Um, he was actually doing nothing wrong, but he was arrested in the end. What What are your thoughts? Um, not necessarily on Tommy Robinson, but the fact that the police are now arresting someone just for being themselves in a, in a certain area
3: i i think that was bad and i think it's going to have the opposite effect and he's going to gain a more support and more sympathy i i feel sorry for him i don't know the history um, I don't know why people think he's racist. They tend to try and do my own research before writing someone off completely. But also, I don't like the idea that someone can be irredeemable. You know, if he wants to stand up for something good, stand up against anti-Semitism, stand for um, his country. You know, if he wants to do do good, or 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 even just go to a protest. You know, that's his human right. And that he he hadn't you know posted anything threatening on social media. I think it's terrifying that they arrested him you know if someone had been on social media saying oh I'm going to go down to that march and I'm going to agitate Jewish people then fine yes arrest them but he he just wanted apparently you know and you know I have no reason to disbelieve him he just wanted to go and show his support and to be arrested for that I I kind of feel sorry for him I might be but I might be being naive but it doesn't sit right with me. It really doesn't. And, you know, maybe the organizers are like, oh, you can't come. But I'm sorry, you're not government. You're not government. You can't override someone's human right to the freedom of assembly, even if you're the organizer of the march. You know, if they're just wanting to be there to show support, then, you know, you have to tolerate that. The whole march is about tolerance.
1: Exactly. I agree with you 100% there. um I do think it was absolutely ridiculous that he was um, arrested. Um, and and pepper sprayed as well by the police. Not he wasn't even resisting. He was actually shouting, I am not resisting. Um, and I think you're right also that you know, if there are politicians, um whether that's I don't know who ordered this, whether it was Sadiq Khan or others, because they're worried about the crowd that he brings. Um, what they don't realize is a bit naive, really, because like you said, I think this will end up because it makes people angry watching that, because you question, well. That could be me. That could be any of us um, who's being arrested just for being in a particular space. Um, Samantha, um, thank you so much for coming on the show today. We've got around a minute left, so we have almost run out of time. Um, what are you up to these days? Um, are you performing anywhere? Are you writing? What are you? What are you up to?
3: I'm kind of in the in between i've just moved house i'm decorating sorry about the echo that's why um so i'm 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 in the in between but if you want to follow me see what i do next the best place is x.com and i'm on there at sammy Presty. um i'll probably be definitely doing some more writing and hopefully some performing in in the more distant future but yeah i'd love to keep up with people that share similar views
1: and of course, you did do a. Um, I've listened to about half. But I'm going to listen to the rest later on. Um, you did a um, uh, an X Spaces event with Louise, didn't you? What What yeah. was that, Louise Distras? Yeah. What What did you talk about on that?
3: Um, it was really lovely. Uh, we've both been cancelled. We're both female artists. We both had a dysfunctional upbringing, so we had a lot in common. And we just talked about life after cancellation, um, shared our experiences, emphasized with each other. And then we got some some people that had joined the space to share their insights at the end. It was really beautiful. I'm gonna be doing another one with Graham Linehan, uh, hopefully later this week. So yeah, you can catch me on, that's, that's some, something that I'm doing at the moment. I'm planning to do these spaces with people that have been in a similar predicament to myself in regards to cancellation.
1: Fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, Samantha Dresdi, thank you, Samantha, for coming on the show. And to the rest of you, don't go anywhere. Stick with us right here on TNT Radio.